0: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show for those who can never know enough about history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're looking at the early days of a youth outreach movement whose four-letter name is now known around the world. The day was December 29, 1851. Retired Sea Captain Thomas Sullivan helped establish the first YMCA in the United States in Boston. The Boston chapter of the Young Men's Christian Association provided food, shelter, a safe place for socialization and exercise, as well as Bible classes and prayer meetings to those in need. Its overarching goal was to protect young men who came to the city from the vices of urban life or as Sullivan put it quote to meet the young stranger as he enters our city and in every way throw around him good influences so that he may feel that he is not a stranger Sullivan's YMCA was patterned after the first one which had been established in London in the 1840s at the time industrialization had brought thousands of young adults to London in search of work. They quickly found that life in a bustling city was very different from that of their rural family farms, and not always in a good way. Many found jobs in factories and warehouses, as they had hoped, but the working conditions there were much harsher than expected, complete with 12-hour workdays, 6 days a week. Most of the transplants lived in crowded boarding houses, or in tiny rooms above the company office. Separated from their families and communities for the first time in their lives, many of the young men turned to the seedier aspects of city life for comfort. Some wasted all their pay in taverns, brothels, and gambling dens. Others had it stolen outright by thieves and scammers who saw the country boys as easy prey. One young man drawn to city life in London was a former farmer named George Williams. He had done all right for himself after the move, finding steady work at a department store by the age of 22. However, he was concerned about his less fortunate peers. Not only was their physical health at risk due to poor working and living conditions, Williams believed they were in spiritual danger as well. His solution was to provide healthier means of diversion for the city's youth in order to keep them away from temptation. To that end, Williams partnered with 11 like-minded workers on June 6, 1844. Together, they created the world's first YMCA with the mission to improve, quote, the spiritual condition of young men engaged in drapery, embroidery, and other trades. The idea was embraced by the public, and YMCA chapters began to spring up all over. Within ten years, there were around two dozen YMCAs in Great Britain alone. The idea was also gaining traction in other countries that were experiencing the growing pains of industrialization, including the United States. In 1851, Boston native Thomas Sullivan read about the organization in an article written by an American student who had visited London. Sullivan had recently retired after a life at sea and turned his attention to social outreach and missionary work. In 1848, he founded Boston's Marine Mission at Large, which ministered to sailors. Three years later, after learning about the YMCA, Sullivan decided to bring the program to Boston. On December 15th, he met with 31 men from local city churches and wrote a set of guidelines for what would become America's first YMCA. Sullivan spent the next two weeks drafting and redrafting the charter. Finally, on December 29th, the group reconvened and voted to adopt the constitution for the YMCA of Boston. The initial rules, written by Sullivan, would remain in place for nearly four decades, serving as the foundation for many other YMCAs throughout the growing country. Within a few years, the organization had spread throughout the United States, just as it had done in Great Britain. In the late 19th century, the YMCA broadened the scope of its outreach and began accepting young men, whether they were Christian or not it also started putting a greater emphasis on exercise and physical fitness. For example, the Y in Boston installed the country's first indoor swimming pools. Other chapters in Massachusetts were even more pioneering, eventually leading to the creation of two brand new sports. At the Y in Springfield, an instructor named James Naismith invented the game of basketball in 1891 as a new way to keep his students active during the frigid New England winters. The game quickly caught on and was taught at YMCA's throughout the state. However, four years later, at the YMCA in Holyoke, a gym teacher named William Morgan noticed a problem with the game. Over the years, the organization had relaxed its age restrictions, meaning that men of any age could now make use of its facilities. Morgan realized that basketball was too strenuous for the older men, so he developed a new, less demanding indoor sport for them to play. He called the game mintonette as a play on badminton, but we know it better today as volleyball. In 1855, four years after Thomas Sullivan launched the first YMCA in America, a meeting was held in Paris. Delegates from 99 chapters gathered and agreed to form the World Alliance of YMCAs. Today, the organization exists in more than 120 countries, with about 2,500 individual branches just in the United States. The nonprofit has certainly grown in scope, but it remains every bit as committed to improving the physical, mental, and spiritual health of men of all ages and from all walks of life lastly i have to acknowledge the elephant in the room which is of course the ymca song that you've probably been humming since you saw this episode's title the disco song ymca was released by the village people in 1978 it was one of the biggest hits of the decade and remains popular today especially at sporting events where crowds are still fond of spelling out the letters with their arms. At first glance, the song seems like an ideal anthem for the organization, extolling its virtues and all the fun activities it offers. However, the actual YMCA didn't see it that way. In 1979, they filed a lawsuit against the band for copyright infringement, though they later dropped the case. At that point, the song was just too popular to silence, much to the relief of Macho Men Worldwide. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app.